Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guests who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Hello, I'm so excited to be here with y'all today. One of my dear, dear friends, who I'm just going to call friend today, is with me, and I'm excited about her sharing some of her story, and we've had a lot of really good, authentic conversations, and I think we both found freedom in those conversations of feeling like we're not alone, so that's kind of our goal in sharing with you today. Um, We're treading very lightly with just knowing that these stories are precious and sacred and very vulnerable to us, so all that to say, sweet friend, do you mind telling us a little bit about your adoption story? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we adopted our first two um, through the foster system. Um, we didn't know exactly where we were going to adopt through, but as we explored, like that's what really kind of tugged at both of our hearts in the end. Um and we were matched with two kiddos that are biologically related, fully biologically related. Um, at the time, they were four and two. You adopted, and they were four and two. They were placed in your home. Mm-hmm. What were your expectations going into adoption? And then how over the years, which is like a very multifaceted question that I'm about to ask here. Um, has that changed and shifted and, and moved? So let's maybe start with your expectations going into adoption. Yeah. So, um, I think that my desire to adopt started very early in age and honestly, it came about through a lot of literature. So if you have read any story where there's a person who's adopted and it's like a good story, um, you might relate to my experience. So, um, wonderful stories like, um, a little princess and, um, I don't know. I, I can't really think of, uh, there was this story that I read in fifth grade called homecoming about these foster kids. And I don't know, it just, there's been a lot, there's, this is a common story in literature. And I think what it told me well, first of all, I think it tugged at my heart because there's there's a bit of um, a bit of family origin things where I could relate to the idea of abandonment. I was not like physically or anything abandoned, but there was a way in which I could relate to those characters in the story. And in the stories, it showed how they could be rescued, and and so that just seemed. I mean, even like learning about. Yeah. So there's, there are ways in which I felt like I could be a part of helping somebody's story like that. Now that just kind of continued like through into adulthood and, um, you know, adoption was, I don't, I don't know like rates of adoption or anything, but it was kind of a popular thing when my husband and I were married and like, even before that. And I, like talked about with him, the idea of wanting to adopt. Um, And then 
So when we decided to do that, and then we were going through foster care training, there was a lot of that story also, like there's these wonderful kids out there and all they need is a loving home and you can provide that to them. So there's kind of this like fairy tale story of like, there's a need. If you fill it, then like the world can be fine. And um, you can be like rescuing this person from a terrible situation and give them life and a new life, which I think can be very true, <laughs> but it's not always the fairy tale that they like that I learned growing up and even that they talk about in foster training. And then later also in working with therapists specifically with our kids, like that fairy tale just continued. And even to this day, when I hear people who work with them um, and with these kinds of trauma issues, there's still that um, tone sometimes where, well, if you just do this, or if you just do that, then they'll be okay. Um, so that was kind of a big eye-opener for me and like continues to be so to this day. How, how has that affected you in parenting them when those things haven't worked? Um, it's honestly been incredibly devastating um, in a way for me personally to see that no matter what we do, um, now I'll, I'll just separate the two, my two kids that they do have different experiences and they do respond very differently. So that's why I can see that it is possible for all of the tools and things that they give, they can work. Cause I see that happening with one of my kids, but it does not work with my oldest. And I'm sure that if I had like a more bird's eye view, I could see how she has been helped, but it is not, it is not the, the like promise the promise has not come <laughs> from what, you know, has been said. So um, it's wonderful to see it work with one of mine. But personally, it has been devastating to see that it hasn't worked for my other one, partly because my heart for her is that she have a good and healthy life. And to see that that's that there's like not really anything else that I can be doing to help that happen is very sad. Um, but then it's also incredibly frustrating because we have just done every trick in the book and beyond and done so much work and so much effort and to very little response. So in terms of parenting, I think that it has trained me very well <laughs> in terms of like all the tools. So it works great for my three other kids because I have two bio kids also. It all the tool parenting tools that I've learned work great for three of them. Um 
so I think in a lot of ways, it's made me a stronger parent to them, but there have been times where I've just been totally broken down and exhausted and not at my best because I've poured so much in to the other one. So. Now, I know that you've done a lot of work in this, which is why I'm going to ask this question. Um, what does that say about you as a parent? that you've done these things and they haven't worked? Um, A huge thing that I have learned in this is that like where my power ends, like starts and ends and where my responsibility lies. And that is, that is my task to do the best that I can to love and care for the people in my life, like in a healthy way, loving. Um, But how they respond is completely up to them and God's work in their life. And um, that, that has, that was not something that I knew at the beginning. I was taught to believe that I could, if I worked hard enough, I could save somebody from their tragedy. But I have learned that that is not true. (laughs) So it is my, it is my responsibility to do my part because that's all I can do. And then the rest is up to them. And so that putting that boundary down does that allow you to see that that's not a reflection of you? Because I know that that's something I struggled with a lot of like, I must be a bad mom because I'm doing all these things and nothing's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I definitely have seen that I've had to redefine what good mom is. And it is not based on the performance of my kids. It is completely based on what I, what I have done in terms of my part to do my best. Now that doesn't mean that I'm, I have to be perfect in order to be a good mom, because there's, that's completely unrealistic. Going into adoption, kind of what were your expectations with attaching? And then how has that, how has that shifted and molded over the years? Yeah. So I think that that the attachment would be like a specific part of kind of the success story for my kids I guess that I knew going in that they would have attachment issues and that that would be difficult to work through but again with all of the training I mean we did all of our the basic hours for foster training but then we did so many so many extra things above and beyond extra courses extra conferences books um, and then working specifically with therapist specifically with their situation. Um, So I've always known that attachment was like a central part of her healing and ability to function normally in life. Um, So I do feel like that that's part of the, of a a layer of success, I guess, um, for her. But again, it's similar. I thought that if I did the things that they talked about, 
in the foster training and I did the things that my therapist suggested that her attachment would begin to heal and that she would begin to attach. But that's not what happened. (laughs) I know that one of the things that we've talked about in the past, just with, with my story, um, it's just that, you know, everybody's saying, if you do X, then Y, and it's a very lovely sentiment, but when you're living in it and you're doing X and you're not getting Y, it can feel frustrating and like you're doing something wrong and like clearly you're at fault and maybe this wasn't supposed to be and all of those doubts that kind of come in. And I know that I've shared with you in the past that I've had to kind of come to a place where it's, you know what, we may never have that attachment. And that's an okay thing. It doesn't mean that this wasn't supposed to happen or, um, I mean, even then I'm not supposed to be their parent right now. It just means that we don't have the attachment and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so that has been such a journey for me in this process of getting to that space. Hey, let's take a quick break. Mama, I know that you are doing a great job, but maybe there's something you've been neglecting like yourself or your marriage, the rest of your family or the systems in your home, or maybe you're just ready for a change, but you don't know where to start. That's where we come in. Mama Systems can help you put systems in place so that your family is more organized, more peaceful, and more balanced, and so that you feel like you can get everything done that you need to get done during the day. We'll help make sure that you have a plan to advocate for your child in school and in the community, that you take care of yourself, your marriage, and the rest of your family, and that you have systems in place to help build teamwork mentality in your home and make daily life more manageable. All of this is doable and you deserve it, Mama. Check out mamasystems.net today. All right, back to our show. Um, And so my question for you is, how do you feel like do you feel like attachment is kind of the be all end all of the adoption journey? Because I feel like often it's sold as that, like, this is our goals. Once you attach, all these things are going to magically happen and fall into place. And of course, nobody says it quite like that, but I think you're nodding your head and guess you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. I absolutely know what you're talking about. And that's exactly what I felt. Um, And I feel like I've been told in a lot of ways, if you do X, you get Y. Um, What I've, and that's really disappointing when that doesn't happen, Um, especially with all the hard work that you, that I, anyone puts in. Um, But I do think that I've had to figure out a new equation, which is if you do X, then that equals you've done your (laughs) job, right? Um, I think that a lot of these, all the trainings and things are really good. Like what they've been suggesting and teaching, all of these things are really good. Um, Like I said, I think they've trained me to be a better parent to all my other kids. Um, And I do think that that is part of my responsibility as being a mom is to learn best practices and particularly with kids who have high needs. That's my responsibility to learn those things and to implement them to the best of my ability. 
And then like that equals successful parenting. Now, successful life and adulthood and future and all of that, like that really is between that other human, <laughs> the child, um, and God and their story and how that works out. I like that. X equals sure good parent. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cross stitch that, put it on my wall. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, well, I don't feel like, I know that we can't control our children's behavior, no matter how stinking hard we try. And that's across the board with any child. Is there, or are there any ways that your family of origin has kind of affected, you shared a little bit, your reasons for wanting to adopt, but has it affected anything else throughout adoption? Yeah. So, um, I've shared this because I believe that there are other people who have a similar, um, circumstance or a certain, a, a similar effect from their family of origin than me, because there, there are many books and such written about this, but, um, there is a way in which, um, my dad taught me that I was basically his hero. And if I didn't do certain things to make him happy, that his life would be ruined. So like the vice versa is if I do things that make him happy, then I can save his life basically and his happiness. So I learned that from an early age. And so when I hear people say things like, you know, I know we can't control our kids. There's a part of my brain that says, yeah, of course we can't control our kids. Like I get that, but there is a deeper layer of that, that I hadn't been able to uncover yet and realize that there was a deeper part of me that still kind of believed that if I do certain things for another person, that it can make them happy and it can give them joy and a healthy life and a happy life. And that has taken years of therapy for me to kind of be, um, you know, pulling out and sussing out and um, then allowing me to realize that that was, that was just a total lie that my dad taught me in order to just get what he wanted from me. And I'm sure that it was uh, subconscious on in many ways, but, um, you know, that affected my whole life and it definitely affected my expectations for how things could go in adoption. Interesting. I'm curious about, because I, I feel like I, the more I get in, get in on this parenting journey, the further I go down it, and the more I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, which I don't, it's supposed to go the opposite way, I think, but I think the deeper we get into it, the more like, I don't know, I have no clue, no idea what I'm doing, and that's okay, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm having, like, that's when I need to step up my counseling and my grief work and all my, all of my work. And so instead of the focus being on my kids and wanting them to 
show up a certain way or behave a certain way or attach a certain way or like all my expectations with that. Like I have learned that I can't have any expectations with that. And I really need to focus on me to work on those expectations and to work on all the crap that's coming out of me. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate as true with you? Oh, absolutely. I, I discovered after a few years of working with therapists, just for my kids, that there's kind of only so much that can be done to help them. And um, at a certain point, um, I just realized, like, I just need to be working on my part of the story much more, not only because working on my part of the story helps them because they like all the many attachment books and stuff and theories and all of this talk about how one of the central building blocks of helping a kid to work through their trauma and feel safe and attached and all these things has to do with the parents feeling stable and regulated. And I believe, at least in my experience, that the most important way to do that is to make sure that I'm, I know what my triggers are and I know so that I can know when they're coming, when they're going to come, when they have come so that I can, you know, be soothing myself and working on myself. And the way that as it's health, the healthier that I get, the healthier I can be responding and relating to my kids, which in turn helps them also. So. Can you give an example of that? Anything that comes to mind of like a way that you're thinking I might be triggered by this or when this happens or when we go on vacation or when we do X this is probably how I'm going to feel. And so I need to have something in place to, to help mitigate the, I just think of a tornado. I don't know. To prepare for the tornado. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, when you say vacation, that's always a difficult thing for us. Um, if I, there's many t- there's ways in which when we go on vacation, a lot of fears come up that um, like they won't be fed. They won't have a safe place to sleep. They'll be left there. They won't be able to come back to their home and see their things again. These are all things that like these fears kind of come up when we're away from our house. And there's a way that that fear in them there's a way in which I could take and have for many years taken that personally, that I would be a person that would not feed them, that I would be a person that would not take them home and give them their things back, that I would, you know, be a person that wouldn't give them a safe place to sleep. And so, and that is, that hits on that trigger that I was talking about before that, um, like if, like I, I need to be doing things to make other people happy. Um, and if I'm not, I'm going to destroy their life. And the alternative, if I'm not making them happy, is I'm a heartless, terrible person who just hurts people. So like me, helping me know what my triggers are, which is this lie that you're a heartless person, heartless, uncaring person, 
if I know that that's my trigger, then I can understand why I get so upset when I see that my kids are afraid, like why that hits at a deep, low level for me. And so I can remind myself of the truth. That's not true of me. I completely care about my kids. So if I can just soothe that lie in my head with the truth, then either maybe I won't get as triggered, or if I do get triggered, it's so much easier to get out of. I'm triggered right now. It's probably from that. Let me go do my soothing thing so that I can be um, present again with my family. It just makes it happen, like get over it or a lot faster. I love that. Yeah. And that makes sense. I never thought about that with traveling and all of those insecurities. Definitely my little people act out a lot more when we're traveling, but I've never put that together. And of course they have not either. So. Right. (laughs) It's hard for them to articulate it for sure. So. Yeah. Well, friend, I'm so grateful for you and for sharing your story and your, your journey so far. And I know that we'll definitely be having you back to share more of your wisdom and some of the things you've learned along the way. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for being an amazing friend. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.